Kane, Director of the Marion County Public Health Department. We are proud to sponsor Medically Speaking. The Marion County Public Health Department is dedicated to serving you and the needs of our community. So stay tuned right here for information and your comments and questions on Medically Speaking. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? I'm Darren Satterfield. Uh, Dr. Lauren Harden is on her way in. It's a little rainy out there, so you know it's kind of uh, it's wet out there, so everybody be careful. Um, I have here in the studio with us is the one and only Dr. George Middleton. How you doing? Good morning, brother. Do well, well, how are yourself? I cannot complain at all. It won't do me any good. I ain't got nothing to complain about. I'm healthy. Well, I'm a big guy, but I'm healthy. And uh, doctor gave me good. Uh, good report. Uh, <laughs> right. <Good evaluation. laughs> yeah, he said, he said, you're doing good. You're on the right track, losing weight and everything. So uh, I won't complain. Even, even though we got that little rain out there, it's still okay. Right. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us, why you're here today, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, well, my name is George Middleton. I am a mental health counselor, and I work um, with a few different agencies. I work with an agency that's contracted with the state, so we deal with uh, children that are in the system, children and families that are in the system. Then I also work with a really fantastic uh, mentoring group uh, under the leadership of uh, Pastor Richard Reynolds called Crown Mentoring. Okay. And we're servicing the Lawrence Township school systems. We're in about four schools. The program is very dynamic. He put together a very elite group of ma- of males uh, to uh, service fifth and sixth grade boys. And what's so exciting is that this year they allowed Crown Mentoring to have a girls component. So we're starting with girls this year. Oh, wow. And so that's pretty exciting. So I'm really happy with that. And then I'm also a musician. So uh, the other part of what I do is I like to combine music and arts initiatives with therapeutic interventions. Uh, The premise being that a lot of our music and media and messaging today is responsible for a lot of ineffective behaviors in our youth population. Mm. Uh, You know, you put a message to a beat and just play it repetitively over and over and over. Um, Then uh, that goes right to your subconscious. And under situations of adversity, you find yourself uh, doing things that you don't know why you did them. But a lot of times it deals with the music you listen to or the movies you're watching, uh, the messaging that's implied in that. So um, I'm really excited about that particular line of work. I think right now the business of music really understands the psychology of how music and media is impacting our behavior. And it's all profit-driven, even in our politics right now. Um, I think our current administration is masterfully manipulating media to drive emotion, which drives behavior, which feeds the uh, economic interests of who's ever in power and and making policy decisions. So the more that... um, I can increase the self-awareness of what you're listening to, what you like, um, then I think that empowers us to be more intelligent when people are saying things on TV or or writing or singing things in in music and song to just be more conscious about the messages that are coming through. Good 
morning everyone i am so sorry that i am late today this rain and then the traffic <laughs> what had happened was yes but you know what i'm glad that mr middleton went ahead and got started this morning good morning welcome to medically speaking on am 1310 the light this is dr lauren harden speaking to you and we're just gonna go ahead and get started because i'm late you are not late <laughs> you are on time and so <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Middleton. We are so glad to have you here again Good on morning. Medically Speaking. We are so blessed to be in partnership with you when it comes to speaking about issues having to do with mental health and wellness. And I think the last time you were here, we were speaking about um, the holiday blues, yes. the holiday depression. Mm -hmm. So it's been almost a year since It's been, been a minute. Here. Well, you look great. Well, thank you. Thank you. You do, too. And so um, this morning, I don't know how much you did. You let them know what we were talking about? No, or? We, haven't, we haven't gotten to that. I, I was okay. just uh, inter introducing myself. Okay, awesome. Well, Welcome back. Uh, this morning on Medically Speaking, I invited Mr. Middleton here because we are continuing kind of from last year. Last year we talked, I mean last year, last week we spoke about youth sports because um, the kids are getting ready to go back to school. Right. You got football starting up. You got the soccers. And if you're not in your sport right now, then you're trying out for your sport right now. Right. So um, this year, I mean this week, oh. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are sticking with the topic of youth, um, but kind of coming at a different angle. We're talking about bullying in school. It is actually becoming a health concern because kids are getting hurt. Kids are hurting themselves um, as a result of the bullying, and bullying is, is more prominent in school. Now, I made the mistake of... Uh, telling my dad about the subject this morning, and, mm -hmm. I, and um, he let me know that bullying is not new. Bullying has always been around, but what is new is social media, mm -hmm. and um, we see it more. Right. And and I definitely can agree with that. So uh, I definitely wanted to have you on. Thank you for being here. Anytime I can about... be in your company, I am more than happy. Yes, and so this morning we want to invite you to call in if you have any um, opinions on or what do you think about bullying in school today? You guys are watching the news and listening to the radio. Hopefully you're on the Internet as well reading stories. And we just um, what got me thinking about this was an article that I saw about a seven or eight year old boy that committed suicide. Right. Right. Because he had and, and they said that the day before he had told his mother that he was gay. And the next day at school, he must have told the kids at school, uh, thinking that they would be as receptive supportive. and supportive as his parent. And they were not. And he ended up being, you know, and, and committing suicide at the age of seven, at the age of seven. And so my question when I when I even read it was at that age, how do kids even know that sexuality is a form of shaming somebody mm -hmm. like your sexual preference? Or how do they know their sexual preference? That's a whole nother topic. But if you do know at that age, how do other kids know that or why do they think that it's okay to shame you for something like that at that age, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, as a therapist, uh, working with children, um, I start with the premise that children cannot control their environment. They can only react That's true. to their environment. So in large part, in many of the cases that I'm dealing with, with 
with my children as clients, they're really reflecting their environment Mm -hmm. more than an internal behavior. Yes. Uh, You know, that, that first, those, that early childhood development stage, they're just taking in information. Yes. They're not even able to consciously defend themselves by saying, I, ex- I accept this and I don't accept that. Yes. They accept everything comes in their sponge. Exactly. So they don't even know why they're responding the way they are. They are truly mirrors of their environment. Yes. So, I mean, that speaks to what they're watching on TV, what they are listening to at home um, and, and not at home. Who are you? you know, their environment, who are you playing with? And and kids talk to each other, and they find out about each other's home life. If you don't think that they do, parents, they definitely do. Some kids on the playground know your business, That's you right. know, because they're talking about it. And so just being aware of the conversations that you're having and the names that you're dropping around your children when they're able to understand and to know who you are talking about, that right. influences them, right? That's correct. And so I do have a few questions to kind of guide our conversation. And I want you guys to call up 317-239-1310 if you have any opinions on um, bullying in the schools today and your thoughts. Maybe some of you have had children that have been bullied or maybe some of you have kids that have gotten in trouble for um, bullying. And so we want to hear from you guys. Go ahead and give us a call, ask your questions, and share your stories. But um, the first question that I want to ask is, um, what are considered acts of bullying, Mr. Middleton? Well, you know, today we have such a heightened environment mm-hmm. that um, the acts are, there's newer acts created every day. Yes. Uh, it's just expanding right now. And, I th- and as you said earlier, social media is really, you know, fueling its growth mm-hmm. or its expansion. Um, but the basic connecting concept, I looked up the definition of bullying just to have some, you know, verbiage to yes. deal with. Um, doing or saying unwelcome things to others over and over again to make them feel bad or to show power over them. Yes. So that is the connecting criteria to whatever the behavior is. And it's really based on intent. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways... Um, there's a lot of unintentional bullying, especially with kids, because kids, just like the music they listen to, um, they're going to be singing lyrics that they have no idea what it means, but because they've heard it, they're going to repeat it. And so in their mind, when they say something to um, like this young man, this young seven-year-old boy, in their mind, it's normal to them Mm -hmm. because that's what they've heard. That's what they've been exposed to. They're not even really conscious about it. It's just that when, if I was at home or if I saw it on TV and it's, and I see it enough times, it, it becomes part of my thinking process. Yes, absolutely. So the repetition. And so an interesting thing that I heard when you read that definition was repetitively. Yes. And so yes. one of the things that we have to deal with now, we spoke to earlier, is social media. Everybody pulls their phones out for everything. Yes. Do you know how many times you can relive a moment by pressing right. play? Exactly. Reliving. So repetitive. Anytime that something happens and it is shared among somebody else that share button that takes two seconds to share something that share button you you make somebody relive that moment yeah and trauma so we will go to commercial we will be right back thank you for 
listening and being here on time. This is Medically Speaking with Dr. Lauren Harden. We'll see you in a minute. On AM 1310, The Light, sponsored by the Marion County Health Department. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Harden, chiropractor and owner of Body Mechanics Health and Wellness and an associate of Dr. Kenneth Ackles, chiropractic physician, located at 3266 North Meridian, Suite 508. You can give us a call there at 317-926-4623. Good morning. I did not get to give my second good morning this morning. And if you think... (laughs) If you think I'm not gonna, you're wrong. <laughs> I sure will. Um, we are welcoming back Mr. George Middleton, and we are talking about a very, very important, a very important topic this morning, and it's bullying okay. in schools. Um, it looks like um, so. We were talking about okay. hold, hold the definition second. of bullying and and kind of how it has changed. And I was saying I made the mistake of speaking with my dad and saying, you know. It's way harder nowadays. And when you say nowadays to somebody yeah. not my age, older than me, mm-hmm. uh, that that just yeah. opens you up. Yeah. He was like, what do you mean? Nothing is new. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> uh, Y'all didn't create this game. Exactly. It just, we <clears throat> see it more. And so we were kind of talking about that. It looks like we do have a caller real quick, Mr. Okay. Middleton. Right. Good morning. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Good morning. Wonderful. Good morning. I have a question to ask the doctor. Um, what would what would you do if you know of a student that's two, seven years old? They're uh, screaming, and when they get upset, and they uh, seem to be disruptive. Um, but and then in the do you say the school calls? Okay. The school for a few days, but the root of it is the student uh, was having issues with bullying seven years old, uh, where students were ganging up on him and hitting him and cussing at him and things like that. And then listening to him every time he'd go to the, the adults, they would just beat him off and tell him to go sit down. I'm going to hang up so I can listen. Uh, I'm disturbing something. And I just have a question asked, what do you do there when they're back in the school, they're not an alternative? Um, and then it was a, it was told where other students are aware of it now. So what do you do in a situation that where are, are you a, the child's teacher or parent? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I know I'm not. And is it a, a, a preschool? Uh, no, seven year first grade seven year child. First grade. And do you know? And do you know the parents? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're going to, we definitely are going to answer. Thank you for your question. So go ahead. Thank you so very much. I'm going to hang up, okay? So I can listen. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. There's just so many ways to approach that. Um, um, Right now, school uh, for our children is a major significant stressor. And um, to be more specific, uh, it's deline- stress is delineated by race. Hmm. And so um, um, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the um, research studies that say for a behavior that Johnny does that's, that's deemed inappropriate, if Daquan does that same be- behavior, he's going to be responded to more harshly, be more negatively perceived for the exact same behavior. Mm-hmm. That's very stressful environment. Not to say that 
uh, Johnny doesn't have stress, but the perception for the same behavior is going to be dealt with differently. Mm -hmm. And it it follows our children through their academic uh, uh, life uh, in terms of suspulsions and uh, punishments, uh, 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 suspensions, uh, introduction Mm -hmm. into the juvenile detention system. Yeah. uh, AKA the school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, where this seven-year-old should be receiving support, nine times out of ten, I can't say specific, specifically in his case, but nine times out of ten, he has a very um, irritating relationship with his teacher. Uh, there's something going on at home that the child is responding to, and he's not getting help in either environment. And this is a situation where you need to get the school staff involved with the parents mm-hmm. to collaboratively work together. Mm -hmm. But many times there is a cultural disconnect between the school administration and parents. Yes. So it, again, this young man that the caller referred to is only reflecting his environment. What happens a lot is people say, well, what's wrong with that kid? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, what is the system or environment that he's responding to? Yes. Because actually if we were probably in his shoes, we would probably be doing the same thing. Exactly. And I was going to say, that's one thing about emotions. Emotions are learned just like Mm -hmm. all other things. And so you, they kids try them out. You know, I have a two year old Mm -hmm. nephew right now and he is, he's fallen out when he thinks that he needs something. That's what he has seen. He said, this is how I get the things that I need. I I try to, you know, or what I've seen people do to get the things that they need. And so this, um, I think she mentioned that he like screams or, Mm -hmm. you know, this lashing out, this is a way of expressing something that he cannot understand. Exactly. And this is the go-to emotion that's working for him. right Exactly. And so you, you definitely have to consider all things environment first and foremost, Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to, a child that is acting not irrationally, but um, it's unexplained behavior. Yeah, it's unexplained. it's a yes. um, irregular yes. response to something that shouldn't be or things that shouldn't be so triggering. But if that kid doesn't feel safe, think about the emotions that you would express when you truly don't feel safe. If he is also being bullied 13, at school, 10, also being bullied at home. Where is the safe place for this child? And so consider that as well. Um, So that, I mean, that was a very good, very good question. And again, to to reiterate the the suggestion in terms of what to do. Hello? If you can get both um, adult figures in the child's life together in the same room to begin a collaborative uh, relationship, that would be the first place to start. Nice. Thank you very much for that. Um, I agree. Um, it looks like we have another caller. Good morning. How you doing, Melvin? Good morning. Uh, I am calling about the uh, bullying situation in school. Yes. Um, this was several years ago um, when uh, I personally went to school for, uh, uh, like, let me back up. Schools have put in place, supposedly, this bullying policy where is no tolerance. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, even when you go to the principal and you go through the whole process of reporting bullying and all of that, there is no uh, accountability. There is no, uh, I mean, so, you know, follow-up. And, and I think it needs to be charged as a criminal act 
because it is a criminal act against those kids. And when they find, when they have some kind of, of um, uh, you know, a consequence for the bullying and it's followed through, then I think it will stop. It will not stop until then. It mm. still continues and it's still, uh, I mean, kids are still uh, uh, dying and doing all these kinds of things uh, because of the bullying. So yes. that's my comment. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That's a good point. I mean, I I agree. I'm not sure of the the accountability has to be it has to be solid. It has to be there needs to be a clear cut um way that you handle a bully because I I agree if, especially if you're if you're going to be a bully, if nobody's going to follow through on any of the the things that they say that they're going to do as a result um, then how can you, you know, you're not going to be scared of that. You're not scared to do it. So uh, we are going to go to another commercial. We'll be back asking and answering more questions. <laughs> this is Medically Speaking on AM 1310 The Light. Thank you for tuning in to Medically Speaking, sponsored by the Mapleton Wellness Center. Every first and second Saturday of the month, they will discuss topics that will affect your health and wellness. Call in with your questions and concerns to Medically Speaking. Medically Speaking is not a substitute for going to your own doctor. And now, here's Medically Speaking on AM 1310, The Light. Good morning and welcome back to Medically Speaking on AM 1310, The Light. Sponsored by the Marion County Health Department. Um, and so before we went to commercial, we were talking about um, bullying. We had a really good comment and a really good caller. Thank you again for calling up. And so, Mr. Middleton, you wanted to kind of talk about, she suggested um, kind of like a system where we charge Accountability. Kids. Accountability. Consequences. When it, absolutely. And so felt, that's what we yeah. want you to kind of comment yeah. on that. So it's important to know that um, um, first to start with the, and I'm always going to look at it from a clinical therapeutic perspective, mm -hmm. the, the psychology of bullying. Um, when children turn into bullies, there's always, almost always, a psychological reason they do so. Mm -hmm. And while many children don't turn to bullying, the ones that do, uh, as weird as this may sound, is really a sign of them crying for help. Mm -hmm. That's their coping uh, measure. While some under stress retreat inside, others under stress attack outside. Yes. So... Sometimes what it looks like isn't always what it seems. Yes. Um, what the, there's old James Brown song, talking loud and saying nothing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, uh, a lot of times all the movement and the hype and the talking is bravado to uh, cast this protective uh, uh, shell bubble right. to say don't don't come in because I'm scared. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm scared. Yes. So. <clears throat> As a kid, to bring in, I mean, our children are already dealing with enough criminal, uh, legal, judicial things uh, as a result of just typical growing stages, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, in, in rare cases, maybe that's appropriate, but most of the times, the other part of her comment, which is regard to consequences and follow-through and accountability, is really where the focus needs to be. Yes. And with teachers, what I'm finding in in a lot of children organizations is that the teaching staff, the administration, they don't quite have it together themselves with regard to what their feelings on 
bullying is. So it's a two-step process. First, do a self-check. The teacher and staff needs to do a self-check on what their feelings about bullying is. Mm -hmm. We've all had experiences of bullying. Yes. As a therapist, uh, occasionally I'm going to have a client that triggers something in me. So I have to go back and do some work and find out why did I respond to that client that way rather than focus on what's wrong with that client for making me angry. Yes. See what I'm saying? So the teachers have to first, the staff has to really do a self-check. They need to do a a therapeutic cleansing about their attitudes about bullying Mm -hmm. because many times the the students are going to reflect the attitudes of the teaching staff. Yes. And then when it comes to consequences, confrontation, a lot of times that is looked at as in a negative and harmful fashion. But actually consequences, accountability, and confrontation can be done in a loving, supporting, and growing way. Yes. Versus people think that it's just, you know, consequences is a punishment. Well, no, maybe the consequences is that you, you learn something. Mm-hmm. Maybe the consequence is that we sit down and we have a group discussion and we help work out whatever that issue is. Yeah. So there's many ways of going about that. I like that. It looks like we do have another caller. Um, good morning. How you doing? Uh, good morning. Good afternoon uh, to you and your guest. Uh, interesting topic. I've read a number of number of uh, periodicals or articles, or or um, I do go read PT Today and uh, uh, Aon Psychology uh, sites and stuff like that. So down in Louisiana and a few other places, what they've done is they've established meditation um, mm, yes. for school. Yes. And then when a child or if there's an issue with children or whatever, then they, they're put, they're sent to meditation rooms and they meditate. What they found is, and I meditate, and I'm, I'm teaching my young grandchildren to meditate. What they found is meditation has reduced in-school suspensions and fights and everything by 50%. Love it. So yeah. maybe we can uh, get some of these schools to, to understand uh, maybe that uh, uh, lack of a better word, consequence would probably be very effective. Yes, I agree. I, I agree with that we as well. Black, I don't know why we as black people are so resistant to Eastern traditions and Eastern philosophy when we as Africans started those traditions and those philosophies. There you go, bro. I don't know why there we're so go. resistive to Pardon me? There you go. Preach that. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I don't know why we're so resistant to it. It's like religion has taken all our thought process away. You know, we have to think and use alternative measures to solve these issues and meditation, I would say, would probably be a great, great tool in and out of the schools. Yes, sir. And uh, would help our children, our adults, because, you know, children are learning. The brain's not developed to 25 years old, they say. Mm-hmm. I say, heck, you look at some grown folks, don't seem like they've got it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, but for the most part, I don't try to place a lot of blame. I coach basketball. They're still learning. It's yes. our job to help rear and learn them and get them on the right path. Right. What about the adults? You know, we need to probably have some help for a lot of adults, too. Minister yes, Farrakhan always says, you know, we focus on children, but what about the help for the adults? Yeah. So, you know, even they could benefit from some meditation, things like that, bring it into the home, create a calmer environment. Exactly. You know, you're still going to have outbursts and things like that, but mm-hmm. when you do, okay, let's go and let's, let's, let's bring the, the temperature back down. And I think we'd have a healthier society. I think if the president followed that, we'd be better, too. Thanks. <laughs> hey, we love, had to drop and, the mic on that one. <laughs> Thank you for your call. I love that. So I think both Mr. Middleton and I are involved in the Ignite Academy, mm-hmm. Elder Dig School. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's an IPS uh, school, but it's like a, a charter magnet, yes. a new 
program, Afrocentric, cultural-based school. And I was there. um, Somebody called me there for an appointment uh, about a month ago, and they have a meditation room. Now, it's for the adults. I like that. Mm. I love that. It's for the adults. The adults need peace. That's right. And I am just going to say ignite. Find another room for the kids. That's what I'm saying. I love that idea because it promotes peace and it forces self-reflection. Yes. Yes. You can always look at you. If you ever feel any type of conflict within yourself or conflict with another person, it is so beneficial to look to yourself first before you attack somebody else. Even taking a day, you know, just to let it marinate. So. And, there, and there's another important aspect to this meditation piece that that brother really uh, accurately uh, brought up. From a neurological standpoint, in the brain of a developing child or adolescent, it is humanly impossible at that stage of development for a child to be mad and think at the same time. Hmm. Humanly impossible. Hmm. Now, as adults, we have that ability, but... Many of us don't consciously choose to do that. When we get mad, like the brother was saying earlier, we just get mad and react. But mm-hmm. we do have the ability to think through our anger. Adolescents and on down don't. Their brains are not completely developed enough to physically do that. They can only do one or the other. They can either think or be mad. Mm-hmm. So as a parent or as a teacher, if you are yelling at your child, I know you're doing it because you care. But or you're trying to get correct behavior, but if you're yelling at your child to try to do something and think through a situation, but you're angering him or her at the same time, you're you're self-sabotaging. Yes, yes. It looks like we do have another caller, Mr. Okay. Middleton. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Uh, great topic. Uh, yes. Um, could it be uh, when you're young and as adolescents and it can grow up through adulthood, being bullying, you know, in life. Um, I just want to get that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you repeat that again? Could it be that when you're young and what? Oh, I said when you're young and um, when you get older, uh, you can be bullied oh. like in adulthood. Yes. Yes. You know, and that, okay. that, that trait kind of follow you from when you was little on up to like now, yes. which mm-hmm. I am. And it's like when kids look at you, they can see things, right. you know, it's like, okay, he's hurt or why he's by himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Which that triggers yes. sometimes. And, you know, it, within me, myself, I've been through that. And other people see that. And I was like, well, why is he? strange you know so i have to get into my comfort zone like what's going on maybe something in the workplace or somewhere else Mm -hmm. um could that be affected and and you get older and in your 60s or 70s yes yes definitely definitely um you bring a really good um, observation there because you're talking about a relationship there's a relationship between the bully and the victim. So just like in an abusive relationship uh, between a man and wife or whoever decides to be in an intimate uh, partner relationship, um, the first time an abuse or insult occurs, that's on the offender. 
But if you have not addressed it that first time and allow it to happen the second time, now the victim, knowingly or unknowingly, is complicit in that relationship. The victim has, in their own way, agreed to be a part of that abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. To only focus the attention on the perpetrator is dis doing a disservice to both. Mm -hmm. It's doing a disservice to the uh, perpetrator and it's doing a disservice to the victim because you're only dealing with one half of the of the coin. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Let me let me just, I know you're about to get into it, Mr. Mm -hmm. Middleton, right. but we do have to go to one more commercial break, and then we will be back to finish this thought. Thank you so much. Continue to call. We will be right back with Medically Speaking on AM 1310 The Light. Welcome back to Medically Speaking on AM 1310 The Light, sponsored by the Marion County Health Department. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Harden, owner of Body Mechanics Health and Wellness and associate of Dr. Kenneth Ackles, chiropractic physician. You can come see us at 3266 North Meridian, Suite 508. Come visit us. I love visitors. I tell you every week because I do. It's not a lie. Um we are here with Mr. Middleton. We are so glad that he decided to come out and join us this morning and talk about bullying. It's been a good show, a great show. Uh, we do have another caller, Mr. Middleton. All right. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. Good. I had a suggestion. It uh, seems like in, as generations go by, violence and our younger people get more uh, out of sorts. Is there any problem with schools incorporating uh, anger management or conflict resolution mm -hmm. at a young age before everything gets so deteriorated and uh, patterns are formed already? Yes, that's a great question. That's actually one of my questions that I sent to Mr. Middleton today. Um, how do we teach kids how to handle conflicts with one another? Because we're not saying that there are never going to be any conflicts among individuals. That's unrealistic. But can we solve it and not, you know, show, show hatred or without violence towards one another? Um. I, I like the concept of conflict management and resolution, I, and while those are uh, important skills, um, one of the, uh, I was saying earlier, we're dealing with a systemic issue. Mm -hmm. And um, what we're finding, what I'm seeing a lot from a clinical perspective is we're trying to change in the individual behaviors and then put them back in a system that doesn't reinforce that change. Mm -hmm. And especially for um, the developing child, the child is going to be more influenced by what he sees than what you say. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, you know, going to a, a five-day Alcoholic Anonymous program, and then you go right back out and you hang with your boys that's in the bar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you really want to change the behavior, you have to change the environment. Mm -hmm. Now, an adult alcoholic can consciously choose to change his environment. Unfortunately, our children don't have that ability to change environments. They can only be, be told where to go. And school systems are one of the most harmful, stress-producing environments for our children today. Hmm. So 
I do agree with the conflict resolution programs and, you know, for all ages. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's, you know, that's not something that you uh, what's that cliche? Conflict resolution is a journey, not a destination. Okay. The minute you think, okay, I got this down pat. You, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. A, a bigger failure. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just, you just overcame this one. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. But the more, the more effective approach that not only with bullying, but with many of our dilemmas that are facing us today, these are environmentally driven mm-hmm. and we're doing a lot of, a lot of talking about the issue rather than just going right to the source and address and changing that source. Mm-hmm. If you really want to change that behavior, change the source. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are coming down to our last two minutes. Can you believe it? Wow. You know what? It always flies. It always flies when it's an hour. So imagine mm-hmm. when you get here 15 minutes late. It's like I blinked and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I will never ever ever miss so much time again (laughs) but i want to thank you just one last time before we're off the air for you know giving your time and your your influence and your information um i always like to leave the show with the action driven action oriented you know go out and do something um and so for this show i think the theme has been just search yourself and accountability when it comes to dealing with bullying among youth among adults among anybody um don't always jump to anger remember your maturity but also consider what that other person is going through because it is it's learned behavior everything is learned behavior so they saw something in a situation that they identify with that they feel comfortable expressing those type of emotions associated with you know it doesn't matter who and so anything you like to kind of leave people with Yes, I would like to uh, challenge us to be more self-reflective. Um, right now, we our country is in a at a crossroads of identity, and we're lashing out trying to look for security in who we are. And identity is important because if you don't know who you are, you are more susceptible to someone who wants to take advantage of you. Uh, I, you know, um, I I am promoting a book I wrote called Beliefs Limiting Authentic Cultural Knowledge, which addresses the color construct from a therapeutic standpoint. And the first chapter deals with identity because, as you said earlier, uh, you allow people to treat you the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's done unconsciously. So a lot of these issues, I'm asking people to start doing a self-check on who you are self-check so this has been medically speaking we will see you next month thank you for listening this is am 1310 the light wtoc am indianapolis w244di indianapolis indy's home for get up mornings with erica campbell on indy's station for inspiration and praise am 1310 the light The following is a paid program. The views and opinions expressed are those of the sponsor and do not necessarily reflect the views of Radio 1, WTLC AM 1310 The Light, and its management. And now, to address the legal concerns of our community, AM 1310 The Light presents Legally Speaking. Here is today's host.